0: Welcome to the podcast of Living Water Bible Fellowship. We are a church in Alamosa, Colorado, and here you can find our sermons and other occasional teachings. We hope and pray that this podcast encourages you in your walk with Jesus and increases your understanding of God's Word and the Gospel. Through Jesus, Anyone can have new life, can have freedom, and can have ultimate salvation. Stick around to the end of this podcast to learn more about what the gospel is and how to be saved. And now, on to our teaching.
1: So there's much talk today about the end of the world. There's much discussion today about how the world is going, where's it going to end up, What's going to happen to it? And we get frustrated. I think a lot of people are frustrated. Even in our study of Revelation, even in our talk about the end of the world in Revelation, it's some people are like, well, why do we even spend time on this? Why do we go through this book? Why, what's, the, what's the point? Like, we can't change anything. It's maybe going to happen way out there. It doesn't have an impact on my life. doesn't matter for me at all. I think it does in a lot of ways because there's so many, so many false narratives out there, so many false stories about the end of the world out there, so many ideas out there. Uh, j- just a few to throw out there really quick, you know, the, the scientists, naturalists, sometimes they say this world is going to keep on going and going almost forever. But the law of entropy, the, the energy that's in motion, the mass, the matter, the energy, the solar system, the galaxies, the universe expanding, one day it's going to slow down. It's going to lose its energy, so to speak. It's going to, be, it's going to be equalized. The order is going to go into disorder. And everything is going to just go to a big chill. Everything's going to just settle into nothingness. And we're all going to perish. Every creature just has no future at all. There's narratives out there like, like that. That they're just they're being told again and again. And it's confusing to people. It's depressing to people. It gets people on the wrong track. You think there's no hope, there's no future, there's no, there's, there's no reason for living, you just start living like John did as that pagan sailor. What's the point? Uh, I, I read a lot of science fiction books, that's kind of my, I get into that sometimes. In science fiction, there's all the, it's pretty much the same patterns though that go into it, like in the next 50 or 150, 200 years, right, we're going to wreck this world, that's the basis of every science fiction book. It seems like but in the next 200 years we're going to get technology it's going to be great we're going to we're going to find the technology to ride to the stars going to get out of this slot we're going to make an ark or something like that species is going to go on we're going to live but but to to what end to what purpose cuz you're going to go live in the stars in a world that's going to end <laughs> you know so what if you live for 50 70 100 years and then you die and you're nothing all those kinds of stories, that maybe I should stop reading science fiction books. They're, they're depressing. And then the sci-fi channel, right? The sci-fi channel says, no, we're we're yeah, we're gonna screw up the world, we're we're gonna we're gonna bring the world to an end through nuclear war or through through plague or through you know AI is gonna destroy the world, this kind of thing, right? But the, the sci-fi says, no, the big the big thing there is aliens are gonna come. And they're gonna attack and, and they're gonna take our resources, but we're going to figure out their technology and nah, 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 nah. we're going to figure out their technology, and we're going to get behind the scenes, and we're going to overcome them, and we're going to live happily ever after, as we go to that galaxy out there, or that galaxy out there, we're going to live forever. Just the narratives about this world and how it's going to come about, it's confusing. It's, it can be distracting. It could be like, why? go on. And so we come to God's word. We ask, what does the future hold? Where is this world going? Where are we going? Where are we going to be forever? Questions like that that have to be answered. And praise God for His Word. Praise God for the living Word, the truth about our future and about the future of the world. And so we've been down this road. uh, We've studied this revelation. We're about halfway through the book now. And it's, a, it's an incredible study. We, we've looked at these, these, you know, it comes to us in the sense of the symbol of a scroll. God's destiny for the world. God's plan for the world. It's going to be opened. It's going to be un, unrolled. And we've looked at last week the, the, the announcements that come. These symbols of trumpets being sounded. Events in the world going to come one after the other. The judgments of God moving towards the end. At some point between the seals and the trumpet announcements, we come to the tribulation. Then we come to the great tribulation and end of time. And then what happens? Chapter 11, verse 14. Revelation chapter 11, verse 14. Turn with me there. Lord God Almighty, we bring You... Ourselves, We bring you our, maybe our confused thoughts. We bring to you our, maybe the narratives we've learned in school or the different places that are maybe are contrary to your work. We bring to you our, our sense of our place in this world and the sense of our future, what we believe, and we ask that you refine it. You'd, you'd make it, you'd change our minds if we're wrong. You'd bring us into your story. You'd, you'd tell us the truth, Lord, and we'd believe it and we'd, And walk in your ways and and walk according to the hope that you've given us, the truth that you have revealed. Bless us, Lord, in that. We love you. Amen. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet. There were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And 24 elders who sit on the thrones before God fell on their faces and worship God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was. For you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came. The time for the dead to be judged, for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, for those who fear your name, both small and great, For destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder and earthquake and heavy hail. And God bless and apply the reading of his holy word. We start off in verse 14 with this scene of the second woe has passed. That's what we talked about last week. The, the second trumpet, the first trumpet, we, uh, the second woe, the, the first woe, which is the fifth and sixth trumpets. And they were devastating. They, they, they were terrible scenes of judgment. We want to try to understand the symbolism of, of the demonic locusts coming and the symbolism of the demonic horse riders coming and devastating the earth, and, and maybe it's beyond us. Whatever the the picture there that John received from heaven, there's a literalism there that's going to play out. A reality that's going to come. And they're called woes because God's wrath has come upon the earth. But we see here in verse 14, that first woe, that second woe has passed. The third woe has soon come. That's, that's the, the idea of the woes there comes from Chapter 8, verse 13, that eagle or that vulture flying in the sky, whoa, 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 the final three trumpets are going to be sounded. It's going to be dest- devastating upon the earth. The, the sixth trumpet was de- bad enough. A third of the earth, earth's people killed. The wrath of God poured out. So we come to verse 15 and we're expecting something equally, if not more, devastating and terrible. But then we read it, we say, "Where is the woe? (laughs) What's going on here? Where's the trouble? Where's the? Because what we see here is glory. What we read here is the most awesome, incredible thing that's ever going to happen in human history, other than (laughs) the end when we enter into eternity. We read about a kingdom come. We read about the reign of God beginning." Read about all the the enemies of God being thwarted and defeated and destroyed by the great power of the Almighty God and God's Son starting His eternal reign. If you don't know what eternity means, it's going to be forever and ever we come to this, uh, this section and, and we see John's having his visions again. God is using him to bring to us his revelation, his truth about reality and about the future. And he, uh, he sees this, this seventh angel blow its trumpet. And, and what he hears is voices in heaven, heavenly creatures, heavenly beings. What are they doing? They, they begin a song. Amen. They begin singing and they get, begin praising. And, and the song is about... Well, I'll read it again. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. <clears throat> what a moment! And in, in verse seventeen, the uh, there, there's others. The twenty-four elders, uh, apparently, again angelic beings. They start singing. They start worshiping. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and who was. For you have taken your great power and begun to reign. Did, did you notice uh, the flow there? Who is and who was. And, and it, we've been set up to think and who will be. Remember in chapter 1 and verse 4 and verse 8, it said that. In chapter 4, uh, verse 8, it said, Who is and who was and who will be. But here, it's a different scene. Who is and who was. And who has begun to reign. Amen. The one who was to come. He's come. He said his... Rule upon the earth. What an incredible, incredible moment. A a kingdom. What what is a kingdom? A kingdom is uh, a realm, a, a sphere, an arena where somebody, a ruler, somebody in authority has power, exercises power over that realm or that authority. Uh, a writer a long time ago said every one of you have uh, your own little kingdom maybe it's just a room that you have control over (laughs) maybe in your business you have control over certain things that's your realm of authority that's the realm of power kingdoms come kingdoms go Uh, this text is saying that God's kingdom one day will come now notice that the verbs here they're past tense. again and again it's from the perspective of the future looking back in time and saying, look what's happened. The rain has come. From our perspective, from John's perspective, it's still future. It's still coming. That's why we pray, Lord, may your kingdom come. We're still praying. We're pleading. We're crying out to God. Please come and rule upon the earth. But from the angelic, I suppose the eternal perspective, they're looking back in the time and they're saying, it happened. It started. It began. Jesus came and He started to rule the world. His kingdom now encompasses not just heavenly realms, not just the throne room, not not anything that there's no limitations upon the earth. He's begun to reign and He will rule forever. Uh, Kingdoms, we we have visions of kingdoms, we have ideas of kingdoms. Uh, We read the Bible, we read the kingdom of Assyria, we read the kingdom of Babylon, we read about Persia and Greece and the Romans. Uh, We know, we have examples of kingdoms even in our day. The uh, Great Britain has the United Kingdom. Uh, Back in in the 19th century, apparently it was the biggest kingdom it's ever been. The the United Kingdom ruled over 25% of all the earth's people. The the land realm, the the, the realms of Great Britain, of, of England, the... The, the United Kingdom, they, they touched every continent. Kingdoms come and kingdoms go. There's one kingdom that's going to last forever. Uh, the Old Testament talked about this a lot. And boy, I was tempted to i give Rose the long enough list, but I was tempted to really go off here because it's incredible to see the weight of, of prediction, the weight of prophecy, the weight of the future spoken of in the Old Testament. Like all the prophets, all the saints in the past are all saying it's coming. And then just to give you some short uh, scriptures on this. Daniel chapter 2 verse 44. Daniel chapter 2 verse 44. There's a long section here, but it's summarized in this. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end. And it shall stand forever. Daniel chapter 7, verse 14. Daniel chapter 7, verse 14. Uh, the, the one like a son of man comes and goes to Yahweh, comes in the presence of the Almighty God, and it says to him, to, we thank Jesus, to him was given dominion and, to, and a glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages to serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away. His kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. In that same chapter, verse 27, And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and His dominion shall serve and obey Him. Uh, it, it's just an incredible way you can, write, you can write, read the whole book of Isaiah and you can see this again and again and again. You can write down our Christmas text that we always preach from. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. The government will be on his shoulder. Right? His dominion will last forever. It, it, you can write down Zechariah chapter 14, that great end time scene. A terrible scene, but he takes rule, he takes authority. The, the Old Testament, the prophets especially, keep preaching, his kingdom's going to come, his kingdom's going to come. Then we get to the New Testament, Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, what what did Jesus come preaching about? What did he come uh, explaining about what's happening with his arrival? Chapter 1, verse 14. Now after John was arrested... Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Sometimes we make the gospel awful small and narrow, but the good news of the Bible is that the kingdom is going to arrive and the king's going to come. It's going to all be his. And Jesus, in his first coming, said, It's near. It's at hand. It's tangible. Other times he said, It's in your midst. It's right there that you can enter into. Come under the reign of the king. Incredible, incredible things. Uh, Just a a page back in Matthew 28, verse 18. After his ascension, what did he say about his power? And Jesus came, chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said of Matthew, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Wow! All authority. On heavens, the heavens and the earth have been given to me. It's a claim to sovereignty. It's a claim to kingship, authority. He's saying, now all the realms are under my rule and my reign. Uh, He predicted in his second coming, the idea that he's going to make it tangible. It's not just spiritual. It's not just out in the ether somewhere. It's going to be real. Uh, Matthew 24 Verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation, what we're reading about in the book of Revelation, immediately after the tribulation of those days, right, we're reading the book of Revelation about the tribulation and the great tribulation. He said immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened the moon will not give us light. Stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. What do we read read about today? The last trumpet? (laughs) Uh, Somehow they're, they're coordinated here. I don't know how that works, how the Bible kind of fits together. At the trumpet call, they'll gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. The resurrection, or you might call it the rapture. Everybody coming together. The king comes. He comes to earth. The dead rise. And he dwells on the earth as the sovereign of all. An incredible, incredible action that he predicted would take place. Uh, we, uh, we live in a realm, however, today where there's still other powers, other dominions, other principalities, other authorities. If you look at First John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, a stunning claim by the writer of First John. Um, we know that everything, everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who is uh, was born, of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. And then, verse 19, we know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. There, there is a dominion. There's a power even today that started with the fall of humanity back in Genesis. An evil power, Satan, has, by God's, uh, God's permission, ruled over the earth in some fashion, even to today. And those, there's a whole realm of people. There's a whole realm of nations even. They're under the power of the enemy. Uh, it's described in certain ways, if you look at Second Corinthians 4:4, 4, Second 4, Corinthians 4:4. 4, 4. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. This enemy, this satanic being, this, this power that has sway over the world, he blinds people from seeing the truth. It's only by the grace of God that eyes are open. It's only by grace of God that people hear the gospel and respond and repent. Because there's an enemy working against salvation of souls. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Uh, are, you, are you hearing here that, that there's other kingdoms present? Even today, there's other realms. There's other uh, principalities and powers that are working against God's plan. Ephesians chapter 2. All right, so I'll start with verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses of your sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So we, we put these things together. Satan is not leashed. Satan is not bound. There's this devil walking around, living in this world, this, <clears throat> compared to a lion, seeking to devour people. He is uh, under um, God's rule. As we see in the book of Job, he's, he's, not a, this, he's not an equal to God. He's not on the same level of God because he's not God. He's a created being, a fallen angel. And yet the world is under his sway. People are following God. They think they're independent. They think they're separate from, from uh, you know, they're, they're their own autonomous self. They don't need God. They don't need anything, anybody else. But they're under the influence of Satan. They're following the prince of the power of the air. The kingdom come is going to break that. The kingdom come is going to overthrow any rulers and authorities and principalities. The kingdom to come right now in the world, there's governments. There's dictators. There's rulers who think they are sovereign. They think they're in control of the world, invading nations, taking uh, their weapons and displaying them, flexing their muscles, saying, I am all that. But when the Lord God comes, with one breath, He will slay them. Lord God Almighty, when He comes, He's going to set up His kingdom. It's going to last forever and ever. All the kingdoms of the earth are going to become nothing. Satan, as we see in the book of Revelation, is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. No future for him who thinks that he's on the level of God. Not a chance. And so we, we, come, we come to our text and, and we're, we're hearing this and we're, we're celebrating, we're rejoicing. Hopefully we, we've, we're getting it. This, this sense that God is moving His world to His appointed end. He's moving His world, the fallen world right now, where the enemies of God are still being worshipped, where people are living in sin, living for themselves, worshipping themselves, uh, not, not knowing that they're following, not their, their idols, but the demons behind those idols living under the sway of the devil. The good news, that's all going to end when Jesus Christ comes back. Because His kingdom is going to replace all the kingdoms of the earth. It says here, the, the, the angelic voices in verse 15, looking back into history, looking back in the time, they're celebrating because the kingdom of this world, the kingdoms of this world, when the seventh trumpet blows, they're all going to become the kingdom of the sun. They're all going to be brought under the reign of the king. Um, right now, uh, Jesus, as we've talked about, uh, the kingdom has, as it were, been inaugurated. It's started. All authority in heaven and earth is his. He, he rules in some sense but there's still the sense where it's not complete. We don't see it. We, we see corruption of, of our governments. We see elections. We, we, we see problems in the world. We see terrible things happening. Things are chaotic. Things are unruly, ungodly, unrighteous. So we're waiting on the consummation of the kingdom. We're waiting on, even to this day, his second coming. He's taught us to pray for it, to ask for it to come. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. We're waiting on you. But the angels, they look back and say, and I think the word to us is, it's going to happen. As sure as they've seen it already in heaven, as sure as it's been prophesied by God, as sure as He said it's going to come, it's going to happen. The kingdom is coming upon the earth. In his time, there's chronos time, the chronological moving of time, and then there's kairos time, that opportune time, that precise time, that fullness of time when he arrives upon the earth. Did, did you notice as we, as we flowed through this text how it's a, uh, an allusion to an Old Testament, Old Testament word? I, I love it in the book of Revelation. There's these songs, these, these portrayals of, of victory and celebration and rejoicing. And they, they're, they're reflecting back in Old Testament songs, new songs that were given. In the ancient days, the peoples of the, of the world, and it still happens today, when victories are won, songs are written. When, when, when victories are anticipated, songs are written about the battle won and, and the overcoming of the enemy. And so Psalm 2 Do you see the parallels with that ancient song from the book of Psalms, Psalm 2? Look at Psalm 2, verse 1 with me. Here's the prediction in Revelation 11 through the end of the book. Revelation 22 is the fulfillment. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? Psalm 2, verse 1 The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take their counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed. An anointed one is the Christ, or in Hebrew, the Messiah. Why do the worlds rage against the Lord and His Messiah, says the psalmist? They say, let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then He will speak to them in His wrath and terrify them in his, in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. What a prediction. What a prophecy. And that's, that's Isaiah too, That That's, that's Joel too, That's That's so many Old Testament pictures of the reign of the king coming back to Jerusalem. The reign of the king coming to rule over the world. I've set my king there, God predicted through the psalmist. I will tell the decree the Lord said to me. You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I'll give the nations your heritage. The ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And we move to Revelation 11. Verse 17. The... 24 elders, they fall on their faces again. We see them continually falling on their faces. Though they're kings, as it were, in the heavenly realms, they're bowing before the King of kings and the Lord of lords again. And they sing this song. We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was. For you've taken your great power, just as as Psalm 2 said, the great power of God, our Lord God omnipotent. He reigns, the Almighty reigneth over all things. And now he's taken that great power, say the angels, Say so the beings in heaven. And he's exercised it. He's, he's made it happen upon the earth. He's brought about his reign. We talk about this as the second coming of Jesus Christ. You've taken your great power and begun to reign. And, and then verse 18, it's, it's kind of like a um, right before the end. The seventh trumpet. What's, what's going to happen? What's transpired? They look back to that, that time. The nations raged. Uh, for the rest of the book of Revelation, we're going to look at some of the ways the nations rage against God. Uh, if you're taking notes, you can write down Revelation 16, the blasphemies of the nations, how the nations gather at Armageddon to battle against the Christ. Uh, the nations rage, but your wrath came. Uh, the, the idea of where's the woe here? It, it, the, the, John as he's given these visions the pronouncements come about the kingdom come but then later in, in coming weeks and in, in months we're going to look at the woes that come uh, again chapter 16 the, the bold judgments poured out the bold judgments poured out in chapter 16 the, the wrath of God will come the, 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 the destruction of the city of Babylon in 17 and 18 God's wrath will come upon all those who think they are autonomous, all those who refuse to bow the knee to Jesus Christ. The time for the dead to be judged will come. Again, the Kairos time, the right time in God's estimation, not just because it hits a certain point. God will determine the time. The dead will be judged. You can write down Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. The great white throne judgment will happen. God's already planned it all out. The dead will be judged. We're gonna, we're, we'll study that. And for rewarding your saints, uh, the, the, the servants, the prophets and the saints. Small and great, it doesn't matter. Anybody who's in Jesus Christ, anybody who's trusted in the King, anybody who's given their life to the Lord Jesus, there'll be a day of reward. Amen. You can write down Revelation 21 through 22. The glories of heaven await us. The future is bright. For the servants of the king uh, it says that he's going to destroy the destroyers of the earth from 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 john's perspective in first century he saw the roman army as the destroyers coming to kill the people of god i uh, will study in in revelation 19 verses 12 through 21 the coming of jesus christ and the wrath that's poured out upon all the destroyers of the earth the picture of the sword coming from his mouth Uh, Luther said that uh, that, that's picture of the word of God coming from Jesus' mouth. Every every nation, every tribe, every people group, everybody that's opposed, all the enemies of God will be slayed with just one word. The power of God is so immense and so incredible. But it's laid out. In verse 19, uh, the song stops apparently and then he sees this vision. And what does he see? The God's temple in heaven was open, and the ark of his covenant was seen within the temple. And then we have the familiar, it's, it's been said so many times, the flashes of lightning, the rumblings, the peals of thunder and earthquake and heavy hail. Those, those, those cosmic signs, remember from uh, Exodus 19 and 20 and moving into the, the revelation that God gave to Israel. The presence of God is awesome. The presence of God, is, of the Almighty, is incredible earth-shaking, earth-shattering shattering is His power and His authority. But, but John saw an ark, the ark of the covenant. What, what's going on there? Uh, the ark of the covenant in the Old Testament. The ark of the covenant for the people of Israel. Remember the ark of the covenant, it contained the Ten Commandments, a symbol of the covenant that God made with Israel to always be their God, a symbol of God's presence, His presence right there in the Holy of Holies right under the mercy seat where forgiveness was, was granted. The presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God, the faithful God, the promise-keeping God, the covenant-keeping God, that God is always there with His people. Amen. John sees when the kingdom comes, it means that God is always there with His people forever. When we get to uh, Revelation at the end, and they, they measure the temple, there's no outer court to measure because there's only God with his people, with them forever and ever. It's a beautiful and glorious scene. So we'll look in the coming weeks and months, once we get past Easter, we'll get into some of those later chapters, but this is going to be fulfilled. So, so what's, what's happening here? So the seven trumpet sounds and whammo, Jesus comes? No, what I'm saying, there's a process. There, there's there's a, a, the bowls poured out. The, in chapters 12 through 14, we, we read a, like another interlude, another pause in the, in the narrative, the chronology. Seven visions of a cosmic war. What happens behind the scenes while the end comes with pe- the, God, the people of God and, and, and Satan? What transpires there? But do you hear what's happening here? Do you see the vision? You need to understand God wins. Why some people would say why why do we study this why why, why do we spend time I, I think I think why do we wrestle with the end of the world Well, it's because everyone else is and they're all telling falsehoods Well, they watch the news Oh, the world's going to be flooded one day. There's no hope for it. When God has promised, there's never going to be another flood. The world says Oh, the AI is going to kill everybody. Plague's going to come and wipe out everybody. Famine's going to take everybody it's just not true because God has a plan that he's going to fulfill in his time according to his purpose the world and all therein is going to be brought to his appointed end and that includes you for you're written into His story brother and sister you're part of his plan for the end of the world for the eternity and, and so I, I think it's, there's, several, there's several applications here that we could make the uh, first century people, as they saw the Roman armies come, as they, antip- they suffered, they, saw, they anticipated more persecution. Uh, they needed to be reminded, maybe you need to be reminded, as maybe your businesses are struggling, or, or maybe you're worried about your kids, or you're worried about the days to come. You need to remember, this is teaching us, that God is in control. He's in control of your days, in control of my days. He's in control of the whole world. He's got, as the song said, the whole world in His hand, And it's true. Uh, these these, these, the, these teachings, the, the, the revelation of the kingdom come, the, the, the teaching is, is clear. To give us hope. To give us hope. No matter, as John said, this life is full of tri- tribulation and trial, we might come to the edge of death again and again. We might lose everything we have. So what? We might lose uh, our our dreams and uh, things that we want to accomplish in this world. Maybe our bodies are are taken away from us or whatever, whatever transpires. But we have hope. This is a message of hope. That no matter what comes, no matter if your dreams fall short, no matter if if your agendas for your life, they don't happen. This life is so short. And then the kingdom comes and you're going to live with God forever. What a great hope. Our hope shouldn't be just in a president getting elected or just in, in some, you know, like somehow the world economy changes. Small term hopes there. Our hope is in Jesus Christ coming back and us living with Him forever in the kingdom of God. These, these, this teaching on the kingdom come, it's also important for us to, uh, to receive it as, as warnings, like, why all these stories of judgments of the, the seals and the trumpets and the bowls? Well, you know, you go back to Revelation chapters 1 through 3. What do we see again and again? Uh, there was this, this song. These songs, so to speak, were being sung to the people in those churches. Like, hey, I, I come to you and you're living in this way. You've compromised this. You're, you're walking this way and I'm not pleased. You need to repent. Repent. And then seven times to the seven churches, man, if you heed my warnings, if you turn, the kingdom's going to be great. You're going to be with me forever. If you conquer, if you overcome, if you stand firm in your faith, even the death, you're going to win. But if you fall into sin, if you you get distracted, you get confused, you start living like the world does in evil ways, judgment is going to come. So there are promises of rewards, great rewards. But there's warnings to turn away. We need to hear these warnings so we won't become those people who rebel against God and turn away from the living God, but we keep our faith in the living God. Revelation 22, verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me, my reward with me, to repay each one for what he's done. What a great promise. But if you've walked away from God, if you rejected God, if you've hated God, if you left God, if you departed from God, that is not your promise. And so the, the, the word, Jesus is coming. He's going to set up His kingdom. Walk with me. It's an encouragement to stay faithful to the Lord no matter what. The Spirit says, and the bride say, come, verse 17, and let the one who hears say, come, Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Another reason why these stories are here, these accounts, these prophecies of history to be fulfilled is to call people to faith. You see how the world's going to end now. You see that God wins. You see that the Lord is going to reign. Would you turn away from Him? Would you still be autonomous? No. Come to faith in Jesus Christ Surrender your life to Him. Live for Him now. He is your God. Worship Him. Do not reject Him. He says, come. Anybody who wants to receive salvation is freely there like free water to drink. Receive it now before you die. Worship team, would you please come? We're going to talk a little bit in the song about What's coming and how it might even be fulfilled in our presence, in our midst. A sense of we live in the presence of God now as his people. And, and the kingdom comes upon life after life after life as people are saved. And maybe there's a sense of as the kingdom is still wait, we're waiting for it to come. That there's a sense where even now we live in the kingdom. and We can bring more people into his kingdom through the gospel and through our works of our life. But have hope. Live in hope. The kingdom is coming. As sure as the Lord is, his kingdom, his word will be fulfilled. God will reign one day, and you, in Christ, will reign with him forever
0: and ever. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand where he sits making intercession for his people and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.